Welcome to the She Heals the World talk show with Dr. S, the place to hear stories of heart-driven women creatively living free. Our episodes highlight conversations and insights that support the values of self-care, creative and personal freedom, slower living, happiness, health, and wellness to help you live your absolute best life. To be a part of the movement and join the conversation, step inside our free Facebook group, She Heals the World, and say hello. It brings me great joy to bring you our next episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the She Heals the World talk show today. So today we have another solo podcast with yours truly talking about Beyond Self-Care. And I was really inspired to develop this show today because I know that there are a lot of women who I've been speaking with over the last few years. I wish I could say it was just a few months, but, but over the last few years who have felt like I am in a circumstance that is uncurable. <laughs> I am at a place in my life where spa trips and morning tea and workout time is just not going to work for me. You know, I'm at a crossroads where I need to figure out why I feel so deeply disconnected from myself and out of alignment with what I really was made for. And, you know, I think that a big reason why I even started this movement is for this very purpose, um, because I have been there. And thankfully, I can say today, as far as career and work life, I have transformed that for myself. So a good little spa trip to a luxury hotel does kind of fix it for me. But I was at a place many years ago, actually not too many years ago, but many years ago where I was there too. It just wasn't going to do it like something deep had to shift. And I think that people experience this issue and, and, and approach this crossroad in many different areas in their life. Um, today, we're going to focus on in the work, career, business life. But the practices that I'm going to share are going to help you whether you are dealing with a business career shift or you're dealing with a relationship crossroad or you're dealing with um, a wellness crossroad. Sometimes you're at a place in your life with your own physical being that um, where you know like something got to change and I don't know how to make this change. I don't have the strength. To do it by myself, I really need a guide and someone to support me in doing this. And so um, you can take what you take away today and apply it to wherever that deficit is or wherever that stuck point is, and it will support you in successfully transforming it. Now, what I am going to really dig into today are the practices that I use with my clients as a coach. Um, as many of you know, I am still coaching, even though I teach how to do these amazing online courses and, and build a business filled with freedom. Um, my coaching practice, which uh, is rooted in a lot of the work that I learned in my doctoral program and, and some experience, um, my coaching practice is where a lot of the deep, deep 
stuff goes down. Um, it's where some of the women who feel like they need a higher level transformation go to get support. Once they've gotten the basics down and they're like, I, I still need something a little bit deeper. I'm just not in flow and I know I need a space where I can get the support to do that. Um, that's where private coaching comes in. And so um, the good news for you is that you don't got to sign up to be a client or dish out all this money to get coaching. I'm going to tell you right now what you can be doing to get out of the rut that you're in. You just got to take notes and actually do the exercises. So, um, so again, today we're focusing on beyond self-care when self-care is just not enough. And, and I say self-care in a very um, juvenile way where, you know, where we sometimes can reduce self-care to spa visits and rituals and beauty care and, and all of that and nice foods and all of that. Um, but really self-care is a part of this and everything we talk about is still under the umbrella of self-care because it's just caring for yourself and being able to give yourself what you need to self-actualize. If that's a new word for you, that means reaching your full potential. That is the purpose of us being here on this planet is to reach our full potential and live our best life, right? And and enact your purpose so that you are truly doing the work that you were destined to do. Okay, so what do you do when you feel like you have it all and you feel like you've made it? Um, you have the relationship, you have the degree, you have the money, you have the success, you have the achievement, but you still feel um, disconnected, lost, unmotivated, and unhappy. And where do you go when fixing it is beyond spa days and self-care rituals? How do you truly handle being stuck? And so when you are an overachiever and you are a perfectionist, at some point you have had enough, right? Like reaching the next level is just like, <laughs> I know I'm going to get there. So what is this really about for me? And I think that when you get to that space, the most important thing that you can do is set an intention to embark on a journey back home, uh, a journey where you need to figure out what lights you up and how you can truly start to create a joyful life from the inside out. And I think that doing that starts with just some simple know-hows. Um, and, and one of those is removing comparison from your life and from this exercise that we're going to do. When I say remove comparison, I mean the mental running list that you have of the people in your life who you feel like you need to be modeling your life after. The friend, the colleague, the spouse, the crush, the um, mentor, whoever is on your Instagram feed and in your social media life and in your personal life that you constantly compare yourself to. 
Um, and once you remove that comparison with, it's just a mental removal of like, I am the only thing that I need to compare myself to. None of that other stuff matters. It brings your life down to such a simplistic view of knowing and understanding who you are and what you desire and your unique purpose. And so I think that that shift is really important to make as you begin to explore what is really causing this tension in your life. So grab your journal and and we can kind of get to get to the crux of this in this episode. So for those of you who are feeling this disalignment with yourself. Um, You know, again, I felt this when I was in my career. I was at a place where, (laughs) oh, so much was going on. I had just built my multi seven figure schools. I was a CEO. I was leaving the CEO ship to uh, for a job in New York with the mayor's office. Much, much bigger job than leading my school, actually. And so I was still involved in the school. I was on the board. I was transitioning out of the CEO ship into this new position, overseeing and supporting a team, overseeing 1,700 city schools in the mayor's office. Um, Very nerve-wracking while doing my doctorate at Columbia, um, while also consulting. And so there was a lot going on. And I would say burnout is like maybe one of the many things that were happening that could have caused somewhat of of a very huge breakdown. Somehow, I was able to hold it together. But I think that in those moments, I was at a crossroad where I felt like I had it all. And I was like, this is pretty cool, I think. Like, I'm just about to turn 30. And all of my colleagues are like two and three times my age. And They've worked their whole life to be in these positions that I'm just like sliding into and like I am at the top of the field. I'm at a great school. I'm doing this. I have a great partner. I was like dating in a great relationship and I still was like, something ain't working. (laughs) This is still not, I still don't feel happy. What's going on here? So I think burnout was a part of, of the, um, unhappiness I was feeling in that moment. But I think also beyond that, my soul was telling me that I was going in the wrong direction. And I don't know if you have ever felt like you're going in the wrong direction, or if you may feel like that right now, where you're like, I've risen to the top of my field, I got all this going on for me. And I'm still my heart is screaming to stop my heart is screaming that "Mm, that's you're going the wrong way. You're looking at the wrong things and you're moving in the wrong direction. This is not in alignment with your purpose. And so for some of you, at least when I speak to um, a lot of you on calls, I think a lot of that comes out in the I hate my job category. And so we think, right, a lot of times that if we don't feel good about the work that we're doing, then it's just a job. And for some people, it is just a job. Like it's just, you just picked a job that was just too much. Um, And I get this sometimes from a lot of people who are in um, the medical field, from a lot of people who are um, in the legal field. Um, 
a lot of folks who are like, you know, this is like really the top top, but I'm I'm still not I'm still not happy with this. So I want to explore using Socratic questioning what that really means for you. And in order to do that effectively, we're going to go through three shifts on this episode. Um, and so this is one of the three steps that is going to help you emerge from this bubble of feeling really frustrated and unclear on what you want to do and on why you're kind of spinning and not really satisfied with where you're at. And so the first shift is, is to question why you hate your job. And I know this sounds so trivial and <laughs> juvenile and it's like, oh my gosh, really? Like you're going to ask me why well, I hate my job because I hate my boss or I hate my job because I got to wake up every day and battle traffic. But I think, you know, when you really get to the core of what it really is all about for you, you really learn more about yourself and about the values that you have and that you hold. And when you are clear on your inner values, you will then start to shift your life towards positions and opportunities that allow those values to flourish. And so when you have your journal, you can write at the top of the page, I hate my job. And this is for people who are in jobs that they hate so or, or feeling that emotion of I hate my job. Now, there are other situations where this will also work. So if you're in a relationship and you are feeling like you're not happy or your needs aren't being met in that relationship and you're like, I don't like my girlfriend or I don't like my husband or I am unhappy in my relationship. Or if you're, again, we going back to the body piece, if it's your weight, you know, I'm not happy with my body. I don't like how I look. And so you can, whatever that thing is, is what you will start with. And then you will start to kind of break it down in the process to find out like what this is really about. So for the job folks, because that's who we're focusing on today, you're going to start with I hate my job. And then under that, you're going to write why. And the goal of this is to keep writing until you get to the foundation of what this is really all about. So I hate my job. Why do you hate your job? I hate my job because... My boss is a jerk. Why is your boss a jerk? Well, my boss is a jerk because I get to work late. Why do you get to work late? Well, I get to work late because I'm traveling from LA to Laguna, you know, and it takes me two hours to get to work every day and the traffic is insane. And by the time I get there, I'm frustrated. And so when I see my boss, I don't want to hear anything that they have to say about me being late because they have no idea the kind of morning that I had when all the traffic that I met, all that, right? You go through that whole thing. So then it's like, why are you traveling from Laguna or from LA to Laguna in traffic? Well, it's because I can't find any other job that's closer to me. And this is the only job that I wanted to be in and that pays me what I want and that, you know, would give me this opportunity. And so I just have to sit in the traffic and accept it. Why do you feel like you have to accept it? Well, I have to accept it because that's what I was told. And I felt like there is nothing else available. I've looked everywhere else 
and there is there isn't any other position for me. So I just know I just need to accept this position and be happy that I even have a job. Why do you feel like you need to be so appreciative that you even have a job? Well, that's because my parents never really could find work. And because of that, they kind of instilled in me that I better just take opportunities that are presented to me because this may be the only chance that I have to have meaningful work. Otherwise, I'll be unemployed and unhappy and unsure of which direction I'm going to go in. And so, so I'm going to come out of this. I'm going to come out of the script. But I just wanted to model to you, and that was just off the cuff. <laughs> I just wanted to model to you like how deep this can go, depending on what your specific issue is. And at some point, you may get down to a foundation where you're like, huh, so this is what this is really all about for me. And this is where this, this screaming of I hate my job or my relationship sucks or my body is too fat or whatever, like this is where it came from and this is what it really is about for me. So then the next part, once you get to that foundation, that foundation is going to help. Like I said, as you go through that process, you'll start to see some of your values take shape. So in the example, this person clearly values their time, right? So that when their time is being sucked from them on something that is so minuscule, like traffic, it's like, ah, I'm so frustrated because I value my time and I'm spending my time in traffic when I know my time is worth so much more than the stupid traffic. So by the time I get to my job, I'm pissed off. My boss is pissed because I'm late and they have an nasty attitude towards me and the the whole thing continues. Now, there can be a million other ways that that whole um, scenario could have played out. But you're trusting yourself in this process to be able to get down to what it really is about for you. And I think you will be guided accordingly when you continue to ask yourself the question why. So when you get down to the bottom where you feel like, you know, asking why would be redundant or insignificant, you just will not really get a good, meaningful answer to it. Then the next part is to start to explore what the myths are or the limiting beliefs that you've been telling yourself that have kept you stuck. So using the example, a myth would be that there's no other work available. And the myth in this specific example came from a parent who was at a place in their life where they could not find adequate work. And so they instilled in their child, who is now a grown adult, 45-year-old, 35-year-old, 25-year-old adult, whatever, whatever the age is, that... Even if a job is taxing on your emotions and on your time and on your uh, being, that you need to stay in it because you may not find another one. And so you are living out in a scarcity mindset about what is available for you. And that could or could not be true. And, you know, there, maybe there is nothing else. And, and that could be a reality that you end up facing. But maybe, maybe there is. 
And so we want to explore that and think about what myths have we told ourselves that are keeping us stuck. And those myths, I tell you, they run so deep. They go through family beliefs. They go through beliefs, uh, societal beliefs. They go through, you know, they cross things that you see on TV and, and in movies and what you believe about life and about worth. And so, again, we're kind of, that's why I started with removing that comparison because we want to take all those people out of the equation and we want to get down to what do you believe and is that really true? So once you've gotten down to the myths and the stories, then you want to kind of give yourself a little boost. And I think this whole exercise will probably take an hour. You know, it's like invest the hour to get yourself out of this situation if, if you're feeling like you're in this scenario. So then I want you to create a brag sheet. And this brag sheet is really empowering. It really just gives you permission to just brag on yourself. I mean, talk about everything that you do, all of your gifts, all of your strengths, all of your capabilities and your competencies. Just brag. You know, I'm good at tying shoes and baking cakes and, you know, um, reviewing cookies. <laughs> I don't know why I'm thinking of cakes and cookies, but you guys know I'm a foodie, so that's always on my mind. But you know, so think about what you really do well. I'm good at writing proposals. I'm good at editing. I'm good at motivating a team. I'm good at strategic planning. Like you can get really deep into it. I'm good at forming and developing an argument. I'm very persuasive. I'm um, an eloquent writer. Like brag, brag, brag about yourself, whatever strengths you have that very often go unnoticed and that we sometimes forget about like you picked these careers and we're going with the career part and you can again do the same exercise with relationships or health we're going with the career parts you picked this career probably when you were like what 18 <laughs> graduating high school and and then like solidified it in college and and maybe just kept on going down the track into grad school because you felt like all right I already committed and invested all this time in it I might as well you know make sure that I that I do it really well and so like give yourself permission to revisit who you are today and the skills that you have acquired today I'm quite sure are very different and more enhanced than the skills that you had when you first decided to do the work that you were doing. And, and this may lead you into the same work or it may not. But the point is you want to be asking the right questions. You want to give your heart permission to speak. So create your, your brag sheet. Write it down. Write next page on the journal. Brag. Spend 20 minutes. Write every good thing about yourself that you could possibly think of. And then the last piece is to rewrite your story. So your life is as good as your mindset. And there could have been in this whole scenario a story that you've been telling yourself about yourself that just doesn't serve you. There's a narrative playing in your mind that isn't helping you really get to the next level, right? And I, I think 
for me, if I could just make it personal for a moment, I think for me, when I was shifting from, you know, formal traditional work to starting and launching my own business, the narrative for me was that I was not capable of creating a business. <laughs> I mean, that was, it was truly what it was. I wasn't exposed to that when, where I grew up, you know, I grew up in a very, um, kind of liberal lifestyle a little bit where, you know, business stuff was a little shunned on. It was kind of like those people over there doing that business, you know, making money off of people. Like it was very much like for me thinking about business as a way of service and as a way of helping other people that that narrative wasn't, I wasn't exposed to that. And so I had to create my own narrative of who I wanted to be as a woman in business. And I had to give myself permission to let go of a lot of the judgments that I had about that, that weren't even my own. I was carrying other people's judgment about that, right, wrong, or indifferent. And so I want you to think about for your next level, like what narrative are you telling yourself about yourself? that is keeping you where you are? And then how can you rewrite that story? Because here's the really important part here. You get to tell your own story. People are going to tell their stories about you and about what you do and about your work and your capabilities and all of that. But you are your own advocate. And so as you write your story, I'm telling you this, sister, you better be the heroine of that story, right? And then I want you to share your story with people. And it doesn't have to be like a cheesy thing, like, oh, let me tell you my bio. But it's just, you know, this is going to be who I am. And this is the story about myself that I am willing to step into. And that's not something that is very easy to do. But I think when you give yourself permission to just get down and say, what is the story of my life? Like, what story am I writing about myself? How can I transform the situation and step into a new narrative? It gives your inner coach the capability of coaching you through your current circumstance. Maureen Murdoch is somebody who I think um, does really good work in this area with the heroine's journey. And um, I think a nice icing on top of this, if you're having a hard time with really coming to terms with your story and writing your own narrative, is to start to look at women or people in your life that you admire and creating a collage of those people. And and I brought her up because she talked about this in, in one of her workbooks And um, when I say the collage of women, I say looking at people who, and if you're a guy, then it would be men or it would be men and women. It's totally up to you. But looking at people who you admire and looking at their stories, like when was the last time that you like made a list of five people who you're like, those are some really like rocking people. I love their life. I'm going to Google their bio. (laughs) I'm going to just look it up on Wikipedia and I want to hear their story. Like, how did they get to where they're at? And I, but I want you to do this as a way of inspiring yourself so that you can write your own 
story. It's really, really important to give yourself permission to create a new script and to not feel like in that script that the pieces of you and where you are right now cannot be included in that because they are clearly here to prepare you for such a time as this. They're here to prepare you for that next level, for that next journey, for that next experience that is going to help you self-actualize or live out your purpose and reach your highest potential. Um, and so I just want to leave you with some encouragement. So, the, so the, that's the exercise, right? So the exercise is the inquiry process writing down what you hate, writing down the problem, getting down to the nitty gritty of it, asking yourself why, 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 until you get down to a place where you're satisfied. Then unpacking the myth about that. Like what is the limiting belief there? What is the myth that has been keeping you stuck? Then picking yourself back up, right? You, you let yourself fall apart. Now you're picking yourself back up and putting yourself back together with bragging about yourself really highlighting your strengths. And then the last part would be retelling your story. So looking at your story, thinking about your story and retelling it from a new standpoint. And I wanna leave you with um, a poem from Alice Walker, because I think that a lot of times when we're stuck in these ruts and we feel very broken and abandoned, um, by our own self. It's like, I did everything right. You know, like I got good grades. I worked hard. I was like a perfectionist. I showed up. I, I did everything right. Like wh why aren't things perfect right now? <laughs> when you get there and you feel that like inner sense of brokenness, I just want you to remember to hold on to the broken pieces to hold onto the broken pieces because those are going to be what helps you be of greater service in the next level. And so a poem by Alice Walker is called I Will Keep the Broken Things. And I, I love her. She is like such a great poet and writer. And I came across this poem and I was like, oh, this is perfect for my podcast. I'm just going to end with this poem. And I hope that it serves you. And I hope that wherever you are, you transform this because I get it and I, and I know where you're trying to go and it is possible. So here's Alice Walker, I will keep broken things. I will keep broken things. The big clay pot with raised iguanas chasing their tails, two of their wise heads sheared off. I will keep broken things. The old slave market basket brought to my door by Mississippi, a jagged hole gouged in its sturdy dark oak side. I will keep broken things. The memory of those long delicious night swims with you. I will keep broken things. In my house there remains an honored shelf on which I will keep broken things. Their beauty is they need not ever be fixed. I will keep your wild free laughter, though it is now missing its reassuring and graceful hinge. I will keep broken things. Thank you.
so much. I will keep broken things. I will keep you, pilgrim of sorrow. I will keep myself by Alice Walker. I hope that this episode blessed you today. I hope that it reminded you that whatever you're going through, it is possible to transform it. I hope that these exercises will support you in getting to the next level in your life. And if you have any questions, as you always know, you can check me on Instagram or on Facebook. Um, Lots of love. Thanks so much for listening today. And I'll see you at the next episode. Well, there you have it. Thanks so much for listening to the show today. And as always, for more resources, as you continue to live out your beautiful mission of healing the world and grow your beautiful business, you can head to www.shehealstheworld.com forward slash freebie to see what new resources I have in store for you. Thanks for listening. Tell a friend. And I can't wait to see you at the next episode.